0: Welcome back to the Euro Trips Club Special podcast. We are back after a little bit of a hiatus with our club special, but we are back now for a Manchester United special. And with me this week, I've got two Manu fans. I've got with me Gervain and Pius. How are you both? Yeah, doing good, mate. Uh, I've been I've been good. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad, um, enjo- enjoyed, we'll get on to it, but I enjoyed yesterday's game with you guys as well, that was a fun watch, <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes, of I'm course Gervain is a returning guest, he's been on our NFL podcast in the past, um, how have you been Jervain? Uh I've been good thanks,
1: um, not been uh, too bad currently, self-isolating because I've just returned from holiday, so yeah, I'm um, yeah. um, not a fan of yesterday's game, but we'll get into that
0: yeah. later on. Yeah. And how how was Portugal? Was it Portugal you went to?
1: Yeah, Portugal was really good. I was only
0: there for like four yeah was only there for like
1: four days. Um yeah, yeah. but yeah, I just super time smash smashing uh, smash time. Went Malta as well. Um, but I but I'm not really gonna count that holiday
0: because I was only there for practically a day and a half, so mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. it's enough nice getaway, isn't it, sometimes just to um <laughs> She said to me before, just clear your head and just yeah, just um, experience a new, a different country. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very jealous. Um, right, before we head on to the current state of Manchester United, we're going to take a trip down memory lane for both you, Manu fans. Um, I'm going to ask you both first of all what made you Manu fans. So we'll go to you, Piyush. Um, yeah, what made you a Manu fan? Okay
2: so so back in the days I actually started following United somewhere around somewhere in 2008 2009 so back in the days you you didn't have facilities of internet and stuff like that you have today so you you actually you know you had to look the back pages of the newspapers the sports pages when which team is playing and stuff like that so it happened to me like very naturally I was just going around you know changing TV channels trying to watch some sports and then I mean I had I had a very great luck with this I'll tell you how so it's just changing channels United were playing against Tottenham if anybody knows this game United were 2-0 down at the half time oh. which oh yeah exactly, oh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> game. that That game. was now special. you know now you know so that is the very first memory I have of United and the commentators the second half I started watching from the second half and the commentators were you know stressing on the fact that the title might shift hands and stuff like that yeah. And then, as I, <laughs> I, I, I was just watching, the, the tempo was really good to the game, even though United were not scoring. And then, United went absolute wreckage, absolute wreckage. Drove 5 to finish, 5 to. I still remember that Ronaldo hit header. He takes a shirt off. That, that, these, those goosebumps. even right now, it, it's given me goosebumps. It was just insane. So, that is that was the first kick-off point. I mean, it's, it's a great point to, you know, start off things, you know. That just really put me into it. And then I started just looking through the newspapers' back pages or what time he was playing. So that is how I made my way into
0: this. Uh, I was dreading this podcast in many ways, um, being a Liverpool fan. And I remember that game vividly, because back then we didn't have Sky Sports um, that season. I think it was the year after. Um, So I remember we used to listen to a lot of games on like Radio 5 Live, etc. And I remember my brother's a Man U fan. I mentioned this before, he's a Man U fan. So... I remember just listening to that like in his bedroom, me and my brother just listening, and my dad as well, listening to the game on the radio. And it's just awesome. My dad and I were both so unhappy after all. We were obviously hoping for much more when you would tune your down to Spurs. And then I, oh, that, that, that's brought back all my memories that, that season, uh, the um, certain goal from Mercedes from mm-hmm. later on in the year. So, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's oh, brought yeah. back such bad memories. Um, and okay. uh, same question to you. Um, so, what um, made you support Manchester United? Um,
1: I think the one game I would say was probably the, I think it was the Roma game in 2007, Mm. I believe. Yeah. We beat them um, 7-1. Um, and I, like, I, I watched football, like, at that point, but not obviously as committed as I would say now, but I was more or less just had, I was more or less just happy that, um, you know, Man United were just for some reason just dismantling Roma and I believe it was like one I think we were like one I think it was like 1-1 one, one or 2-1 down in the first leg and then literally it's just United just scoring and scoring, scoring and scoring like I remember like the Alan Smith goal mm-hmm. I think it was the second goal as well it was just like one touch passing just galore everywhere um so like once I saw that game which happened I think around like February March I really took a liking to pretty much like United, and it was when like I really liked Rooney. Not even Ronaldo at this point. I started liking Ronaldo basically the following year. Um, but I, but I would say that game. That game for me kind of just made me feel like you know a really passionate United fan.
0: Yeah, I think the um probably the best time to be Man U fan was around about that time. went to the three straight Premier Leagues and things like that. It was um a good time to be a fan. I imagine for you guys, um. Right, so we'll go back to you, uh, Piyush, again. Um, we'll, we'll do all three at once, actually. might as well do that. So first of all, Piyush, what is your favourite Man U goal in your lifetime in the club?
2: Okay, there, there are a few. There are a few. It's, it's very hard to, you know, like, pick one, you know. It'll be injustice yeah. to the other ones that I've watched. But if I had to, like, pick... Um, it has to be Wayne Rooney's bicycle in the Manchester Derby. Mm-hmm. It has to be that one for me and and obviously special mentions to you know that uh, robin van persie volley that one is the title
1: yeah so so these
0: two, like yeah, yeah. stand out for me yeah has to be these two. and then in terms of your what has been your favorite memory since supporting the club
2: um okay this one this one i probably i'd probably say to me uh, yeah the fight to Tottenham win still stands out because it was the it was the starting point for me. I and I knew nothing about football. I I just knew Ronaldo. I just heard you know Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. I I just used to hear names probably in the newspaper sometime back then. And and this was the starting point for me to have such an you know escalated or elevated starting point as, as a fan what I am right now that just stands out to me like every once in a month I go back watch that game again on YouTube
0: yeah. it's,
1: it's,
0: it stands out to me. Yeah. I think we all have fans whoever you support in the UK or around the world um, there's always that one game you have as a fan that you always go back to I mean I always look back at things like the West Ham FA Cup final win the Barcelona game the even just look with watching on YouTube as well as when the Premier League lifting the trophy I think everyone has those those things that just they just you just look back on with such nostalgia and I think um, that sounds like it's, it's one for exactly. you. Um, talking of nostalgia, who has been your favourite player at Man U since you started supporting them?
2: I think it has to be, you know, there, there, there have been a lot of good players but it has to be Wayne Rooney because, because the fact, you know, he's so underrated, he's so underrated, he he deserves so much more respect. People do not get enough, enough respect. He was an absolute beast and, and I want people to recognise this more, like, what an absolute player. I mean, he was such a good player and he, he deserves more respect. I mean, he absolutely does.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at those, looking at his stats, I mean, he's the all-time England top goal scorer. I want to say he's top man, you goal scorer as well. I think he beat Bobby yeah. Charlton's record as well. So he, yeah. I think that alone um sh- shows you how good he was. And I think it's probably, unfortunately for him, probably... Maybe his personal life is maybe, um, you know, maybe that sort of overshadowed his career, maybe slightly with all the stuff that he's done in the past, or even just, yeah. you know, the fact that he's probably not the most glamorous of players. You look at likes sort of, people yeah, exactly, like Ronaldo this is the, or one, yeah. back in the day, David Ginelo. Exactly. Like that I think the fact that he's not exactly, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he really knows it himself, he's not exactly. A uh, GQ model or something like that. So I think maybe that's had an impact as well. That like he's not the most yeah. I mean, he's
2: always people. played with like absolute superstars. Probably, probably that is why you know he's gone so so much under notice, which shouldn't have been the case. To be very honest, that shouldn't have been the case. If if Rooney got the respect he deserved, or, you know, people recognized him. I would have. If you had asked me that, you know, yeah. that who is your best player? If Rooney, obviously, is stating that you know deserved the respect he he should have had got, I'd have gone for Paul Scholes. But Wayne Rooney has to be like, has
1: to be acknowledged more. Yeah, I think, I think with Rooney, the problem I have the problem with Rooney not being discussed as one of the greatest players ever is his peak actually coincides with Ronaldo and Messi's. Mm -hmm. So, like, Rooney, I would say Rooney peaked around like 2009 2010, in my opinion, Mm. that same year. Messi basically established himself as the best player. Ronaldo's just moved to Real Madrid and automatically by doing that, you establish yourself as the you know um, like the best player or the second best player. Uh, obviously, Rooney's still at Man United. And then obviously what happens years prior, not, not years prior, but years after, Ronaldo and Messi just do astronomical numbers. Rooney's still good, but he's not doing the same numbers Ronaldo and Messi are.
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point. Um, This is exactly the same reason why I've always thought that someone like Kareem Benzman is very underrated because particularly when he was at Madrid with Ronaldo, uh, the numbers he was getting was very good and he's obviously a very good team player. uh, But obviously Ronaldo's numbers have sort of maybe made Benzema's not look as good and maybe not get the respect. And I think now he's starting to get more respect, I think, after we after Ronaldo's left Madrid. But I, I still think he's very underrated. But I think he's definitely got more credit, you know, since Ronaldo's left because he hasn't had that that one player overshadowing his sort of his numbers and stats. Um headed back to you, Gervain, we'll ask you the same questions now. So first of all, um what has been your favorite goal scored by a man U player since you've supported them? Our favourite
1: Man goal has to be Ronaldo's uh, free kick against Arsenal in semi finals of the Champions League. Um, goal. To, this day, to this day, I still don't know how he scored. He has no right to score from there. Um, I watched that match live on ITV and all I can think about is just Clive Tilsley's reaction to the goal. It yeah, was just actually yeah, yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... You, you know what? It was just... I, I felt bad for Arsenal at that point as well because it was like... But obviously, um, Jason Park just has just scored like a couple minutes before, and then with Ronaldo like doing that, it was uh, bad. You could just tell that the morale of Arsenal and like that, the, the game should have just been over from that goal. Like, everybody, just, like, refs should have just blown his whistle, End of the match. Arsenal, should, there, was, there was no point Arsenal even playing the remaining minutes that, um, that, that we played, but that goal was just absolutely just unreal. Even the one against Porto, that was a close one but um, for me, the Arsenal one strikes out because
0: I am uh, because I hate Arsenal so um, that makes it even better for me. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Um, and best memory as a Man U fan? Uh, this one doesn't really get talked about but I'm going to go with the Martial
1: goal against Everton in the FA Cup uh, semi-final in 2016. That is Game was rollercoaster. That game was a rollercoaster. Um, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I lost my voice from that match. <laughs> um, because like the 17 team were very good and they easily could have won that match because it, it it was a game of like just end to end. And I remember like the hair saving the penalty, uh, but my uh Chris Smalling scores no goal and. In my head, I'm thinking we're gonna to go to extra time here, and then you know, Martial one two with uh, Herrera. and Martial obviously does a composed finish, sends us to the final. It was just, uh, it was, it was just unbelievable. That season was just a roller coaster season, and
0: I have a huge respect for Martial because that season he, he actually was genuinely our best player. Yeah, what well, I hope to say Martial, is they believe when he said Everton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was concerned at one point you were going to say something else, but um, thankfully not. Um, and then, in terms of finally, your favourite player you've had since you've been a Man U fan? Yeah,
1: it'd have, it'd have to be Rooney. It'd be a no-brainer here. Um, he definitely, um, he definitely was there for the, for the you know through the good times and the bad times as well. Um, just a great player to watch. I don't think a lot of people were actually um i know there's some stuff that he's just that he's just been saying recently that might you know put an, uh, that might put a bit of a negative mark on his career i'm referring to that rivalry that we had with chelsea back in the mid 2000s um but what a player even number 8 number 8 Rooney is something i don't think we'll ever see again from a player he's england's last great player um and i just think that I, I just i i even though he won everything i felt like we should have even i feel like we should have even done more for him i think letting him go to everton in 2017 was a mistake he should've stayed um do you reckon do you reckon it was yeah, yeah because we all, that, that only happened because that, that only happened because of where the club was going the club was changing at that point not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well um, by that point, Rooney is no longer like the face of United. Whereas pre pre twenty seventeen, he still is. He's still the guy that everyone actually looks up to. But I would say Man United really changed around that time because we're made because um, we're trying to get into a new era or we're trying to challenge. And Rooney doesn't add the same value that he had, you know, years before. But I still think you having him there would have done something no not for not not even for like the young players but even the senior players because um that title winning DNA and that DNA to win you can't you can't replace that with two or three talented players like we did back in 2017. And I'm not saying oh don't get the talented players but it's always nice to have a good balance. I think well once Rumi left he was like the last DNA you know he was like the last club fabric that left once
0: he was gone, we didn't have anybody else. That's a very interesting point. Interesting point. I think, you know, obviously everyone knew he wasn't a player once worth, but I think that's a good point about, you know, because obviously since that he's left, have man, you won in the thing since he's left? I don't think you have, a view I mean you won the no. League, Europa League 2016. Did you win the League Cup was 2017? Was he was he still there by then when he beat Simon? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well, that's a good point. Yeah, I never never thought of it that way. Um Right. We're going to fast forward. For, we You mentioned the good times at Man U. We're going to head fast forward to this season, which obviously hasn't been what we all thought, especially when you bought Ronaldo, you know, in August. Uh, start of the year, obviously, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got the sack in November, October time. And since that, Ralf Ragnick has come in. But you're currently fifth place. You've currently got 39 points and only a point away from West Ham in fourth. And you have got a game in hand. So... Maybe all is not lost at Man U. I think top four is definitely still an ambition. Um, with Ch- You've got Champions League against Atletico Madrid coming up uh, in, I believe, two weeks' time as well. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on um, how the season's gone so far in terms of, you know, was, was it the right choice to get Ronaldo in? Was it the right choice to sack Oli and get Ragnick in? Uh, what were your thoughts been overall on the season's gone so far? Yeah.
2: Uh, I I initially thought, you know, I initially thought the season was, I I expected much better the way we ended the last season. And we, it showed like continuous progress under Ole Gunnar So, uh, irrespective of how much, like, you you know, how more or less it it was continuous progress. And to be honest, as a fan, I was expecting much more this season. But again, the fact, the pressure on the players we signed is just enormous. I mean, you look at Man City. Man City won the league last time, and they have went on to splash 100 million on Jack Grealish. So what happens is, I'll tell you what happens is, you know, Man City have not signed Jack Grealish to win them the league. They've signed Jack Grealish to ease the burden of players, or probably use even more in rotation, probably win the Champions League. Now what happens What happens with uh, United is when United signs Sancho, how old is he? He's just 20, right?
0: It's just 20 20 it's i want to say he's 21 20. or
2: something 20, 21 i think it's 21 yeah probably 21 he, he, he's 21 united signed varan united signed ronaldo all these players united are signing sancho to win them the league so the player the pressure the amount of pressure the amount of pressure on these boys is just enormous at this point i just say you know just let them out there just let them play because because the fact is the fact is it's just that you know they are constantly under so much pressure the game is Clearly, getting affected. I mean, you can clearly see Sancho's game has been affected. He was—he—it's—it's was, it's not that you know he was very good in Bundesliga and he's been shit here because the level of uh, competition has has gone up way too far. I know the level of competition has gone way too far up, but he's—he's he's not that bad. It's just that the pressure is getting to him, and and same with the other players. It's just that United—you know—United sign anybody. It's like oh, he's gonna win them the league. Oh, you sign Ronaldo, you have to win the league. Or oh, you sign Varane, you have to win the. I mean. I mean, at this point, it's just putting enormous pressure. And, and if, if this goes on,
0: we still not
2: win titles. Definitely not. I don't see them winning.
0: Yeah, and you can t- take that further back as well. You can think of the likes of, I remember I remember well when you look at Man social media, when you saw the likes of Di Maria, Radamel Falcao, uh, exactly. even, even Bastian Schweinsteiger and other players like that. And... You know, we've got all these players with, you know, and everyone thought, you know, everyone gets trapped yes. in now that feeling, that oh man, you're going to challenge going for the league and it just hasn't worked out that way really. Um, and I I do think you're completely right about the fact that Man City are buying as well for depth. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I think obviously Kane was much more of a, of a need for them in terms of that position, but I think getting Greedish in, Else, in that wing position when he got all the like Bernardo Silva, Foden, Sterling, Mahrez all these players already in that position it's just strengthening your strengthening that area of the pitch and I think it just adds that depth in those sort of crucial times of the year when you've got two games a week three games a week sometimes it was last year so yeah I, I think there's so much pressure on Man U to get back to the good days and it feels very Liverpool like I mean when we were Often before my time, yeah, but exactly. i have heard yeah. in the 90s and 2000s, it's like everyone thinking, oh, you, you just buy this player and automatically you're gonna challenge again for the league. And I think you can even, in a way, also link that to Arsenal when mm-hmm. they signed the likes of Ozil in the past. Um, yeah. talking of signing players, Jervain, um, Ronaldo was obviously the big, the big signing. Um, has been sort of, I think it's been mixed opinion on on sort of podcasts and in the media and sort of on Twitter about the fact of whether he was a good signing or not, I mean, there's one side of the argument that he scored some important goals for Man U. I think Champions League especially, he scored a lot of late winners. Uh, but there's the other side of the coin, which some people are saying as well, whether his, sort of, his impact is sort of overall impacted detriment of the team. Um, what have what your thoughts been on Ronaldo's time at Man U, second time around? If I'm going to be real, I think
1: uh, Ronaldo's held his side of the bargain. He's just come to score goals. That, 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 that's, that's, literally that's, that's literally all he's gonna do. I, I don't understand United fans that are saying to me Ronaldo doesn't press. Are oh, then <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it because Ronaldo's never done that his entire career. You expect you expect Ronaldo to do that at age 36, 37, 38, 39, obviously when he get obviously when he has his new deal. It it doesn't make sense for me to do that. I this this sounds cynical for me, but I actually the, the way how this season's gone for United, this is literally how I expected it to go. United aren't United are not a team; they're not a collective. Chelsea are a collective. Liverpool are a collective. Manchester City are a collective. You see that and how they play. We play like eleven individuals, and Ronaldo's just another casualty of that. He's another individual that's come and meant to make this team. A team apparently, but Ronaldo's end of the bargain is I've come here to score goals. What you know, I really should have done was supply people that will help Ronaldo actually get to the level that he's been playing at before he got to United. He's still our top scorer now with 14 goals. What you're gonna tell me that Ronaldo's declined? Ronaldo's doing all he can really at this point. You can't, I'm not gonna expect Ronaldo to start doing the cane job and drop in deep and start picking out players. No, we have players that do that. They're called Bruno Fernandes, they're called Paul Fogba, they're called um, Fred and Tomine to a degree. They're called Sancho Rashford. I personally think that our players, they're not good enough to win a league. Our objective should mainly be top four at this point, with the players that we have and the style that we play. And you can see that. You, 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 saw, you saw that, cup in, you saw that cu- coming Sorry, last year we finished second, albeit with a struggling Chelsea and with a struggling Liverpool. If them two actually get their stuff together and actually play to the level that they really should have been playing, Liverpool is a bit different because of injuries. Chelsea, it was mainly tactical reasons. You could see it in in the big games. Um, Then I don't think we finished second that year. But suddenly we signed Baran, we signed Sancho, we signed Ronaldo. These are individual players. I I don't think they I don't think they've come to make the team a team, in my opinion. And then with Ronaldo, again, it's like if you knew he was only gonna come to score goals, why have why haven't you signed players that will do the dirty work for Ronaldo? Solsky had to have known that because all these attacking players, if I'm gonna be real, they can't play together. But they can't play together. Um And you can see that. You saw that in the Leicester game because of how unbalanced stuff looked. So I think Ronaldo... Ronaldo shouldn't have any judgment on on him. And this talk of Ronaldo apparently being past it, I think is just nonsense. Um, I just think, simply put, we don't have good enough players around our best player, and our best player is Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, In terms of your recent form, obviously you drew with Burnley last night, 1-1 away from home. And then, obviously, you did go out of the FA Cup of penalties to Middlesbrough. You beat in Brentford 3-1. You beat in West Ham 1-0. Uh, and, obviously, Ragnick has come in. Um, and I was looking at some stats about this because I'm coming from an outsider point of view. I don't watch Manu every all 90 minutes every week like you guys do. Um, and, obviously, I found – I don't know whether you guys agree with this, but I do find that Manu when you had Fergie, you, know, you had that identity, you had that sort of way of playing. I don't think the last few years – you've had that identity since I don't think you had that under Solskjaer in terms of, you know, exactly how they're going to play. It seemed very, didn't to me seem that there was much of a sort of plan there, much of a sort of identity to the way you played. Um, and even... Um, I'm, I'm also taking into account this was Solskjaer as well, but Ragnick has come in. Um, you know, he's meant to be this this pressing uh, expert. But i was looking at sort of the pressing stats on FB ref and uh, that man, you are fourth from bottom when it comes to number of times they've applied pressure to opponent opposition players. And then also their success rate um, in terms of actually gaining possession from these pressures is seventh from bottom. Um, so I don't know what you guys feel about the way you've played under Ragnick, but I just feel like it hasn't been the players haven't adapted to the sort of for me they haven't adapted to the pressing sort of system that Raknik is so famous for uh what are your thoughts on that Push?
2: I mean to, to simply put it forward like very straightforward to put it um, it would be a bit harsh on players but it has to be like this right now the way the team is playing you cannot have a high pressing system with lazy players like proper lazy players I mean you 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 imagine to play high press with lazy players who who are not willing to do the work I mean I'll give you a classic classic example Uh, Everton versus Liverpool the season Premier League Liverpool were battering I think 3-0 4-0 Everton and I was watching the game in the 81st minute uh, Everton had scored 1 or maybe 2 I don't remember exactly I think probably they had scored 1 in the 81st minute Liverpool are winning 4-1, 3-1 whatever it is there's not the clean sheet to protect they do not have the clean sheet because Everton have already scored they're comfortably winning. I see 81st minute, Salah tracking back, helping Trent Alexander-Arnold to you know, double up on their winger and win the ball back. 81st minute, you're 3-1, 4-1 up. And that is the level of commitment I expect from every United player. I mean, if you're not doing that, and and the, we always say the manager's at fault, the manager's at fault. I mean, he, he's working a system. He, he initially started with 4-2-2-2-2, it uh, was 4-2-2-2. And that did not work because the players, you know, were not able to adapt. Now he's come to a different formation which suits well. But again, it's it just boils down to the fact that we have very lazy players, and you cannot you cannot expect to play a high press style with these players.
1: That's
0: it. Yeah, and what are your thoughts on that, Javain? Uh yeah,
1: I'm I I agree with um, on that we have lazy players, and I, I don't think these players can. I don't think these players can press. I don't think they can, and um, you see it uh, and you see it in, you know you see, you see it in every game we pretty much play, we're pretty much relaxed we don't have urgent. We, there's no urgency there, um I feel, I feel like the effort is very minimum and then even when we actually press, a lot of these players don't know how to actually press well they don't press with purpose, it's just pressing for the sake of pressing, um I also think that in attack, we're actually we we're actually, we're actually actually a bit decent in attack, I believe. The problem with um, our attack is none of our players running behind and they all want the ball played to them, which is why you're seeing Elanga play, because Elanga actually wants to run behind and wants to um, cause trouble off the ball. Whereas Sancho, his play style, he's never running behind. Rashford... For some reason, he can run in behind, but he's not willing to because he wants the ball being played to feet. They all want the ball being played to feet and none of them actually run behind, which I find very confusing because there's one ball and five not all five of you are going to get the ball. So make runs for either you or your teammates and none of you are doing it, which is very confusing. So I just think in terms of the pressing, we, we, we can't press and we're lazy to add on to that and in attack, these players don't don't run behind, which is why you're seeing the player be a bit stagnant and all the players just wanting the ball to fit
0: Yeah, I, I, again, I agree totally with both of you there. Um, before we go on to our final segment, I just want to get a quick, quick one-word answer from both of you. Um, start of next season, who do you want? And some, this is also something you can re- realistically get as well. Um, who do you want as manual manager at the start of next season? I will go for Piyush, first.
2: Okay, this is this is probably an interesting one. Uh, I'd probably probably say right now, Eric Tenhang, the AX manager Yeah. Uh, because because you know, there's there's a lot of talk around Mauricio Pochettino. You know, uh, he's going to come to United. He has to come to United if United want to win. Uh, but I see. I look back. You know, United are a state where where they need proven winners. I mean, what has Pochettino won? He's not won anything. Mm-hmm. He's basically not won anything. So, why do you want him? Just just go for somebody who's, who's proven
1: winner. I have to disagree with Fierce on this. That's you saying. You'd want potch. No, no. I don't. This idea of I, the club needs a proven winner. United as a club need to drop the pride. We are not that club anymore that should think automatically we should go for the league every year. Like that is not our objective right now. We are not good enough to win a league. I think, in all honesty, we need to be a team that needs to solidify our status as top four. Because in recent years, barring the second place finish that was last year, we have not been a top four side. So, again, Pochettino does that to a degree, but when we get to the eventuality that we need to start challenging. I don't think Pochettino does that. So, um, but again, no. Back to- I, I, yeah,
2: I yeah. I mean, I do. I do to an extent agree to your point. I mean, the problem, the problem we have with this, what you're saying is, you know, we're not a title-winning team anymore right now. The problem all boils down to 2013. So the fact that you know when Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, stepped down in 2013, this club, every club, every club, I tell you every club, be it Man City, be it Liverpool, be it Arsenal, be it Chelsea, every club has to go through a transition phase, has to go through a transition period, has to rebuild. So when Sir Alex Ferguson stepped down in 2013, this club had seen so much success, the club, the administration, the players, the fans, everybody had seen so much success that this club did not want to accept that we are going to go through a transition period. So, from there on, the, this problem started from there on. You know, every manager you signed, every player you signed, and you mentioned Rademal Falcao, and Maria, Bastian Schweinsteiger, every manager that came in, you bought them to win the league, you bought them to win something, and that is where this problem started. That nobody at this club, nobody at this club wanted to accept the fact that, you know, we're going to go through a rebuild thing. Now, just imagine when Klopp came at Liverpool, he had absolutely no pressure. What will Liverpool winning then?
0: Yeah. Were yeah, Liverpool
2: winning anything? Yeah. They're not winning anything. They're not even with uh, Pep Guardiola in his first season. What did he do? He he got so much money for a defense. Second season, he got another uh, like same amount for a new defense. And City completely backed him. So, you are like even if you, you know even if you don't finish or you finish very low, we're we'll gonna back you. And City did that. So that that is how you rebuild. You know, you allow your team to set again. That's that's not been the case at United for the past seven eight years. That's why we're struggling.
0: And then finally. Which player, uh, sort of, if, I give, if I give you both one player you would sign for Man U in the summer, your number one target for the club, who would you sign and why? Uh, we'll go to you first, Jervain.
1: Uh, we, the United need a DM um, that is only going to be doing a defensive duty. Um, the, the problem is like, none really kind of come to mind like automatically. So, I would. So for for this alone,
0: it 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 can be any player, right? Yeah, any player. Obviously, realistic. You can't then say you know Mbappe or Haaland, but um, yeah, someone you think you could really go out and buy, and um, and yeah, just someone you, you'd get in the summer. It's just again, I think, I think he is actually going unnoticed
1: as one of the world's best defensive midfielders. Um, you see it in the PSG team. He immediately impacted that team when they they signed him in 2019. They obviously got to the Champions League final that year. I think he played a big part in that. And from time when you go from Everton to PSG, you know you're very good. And he's only solidifying his claim as one of the best um, defensive midfielders in the world now, especially with what he did at AFCON. He was definitely one of the players of the tournament. So I would go with um, Idrissi Gade personally.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be a good signing. Um, Piyush, who would you sign if you were uh, um, I think United need,
2: United need to go in all in for Declan Rice this summer. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean United have to go <laughs> to Declan Rice. I mean, there's there's no question about not going for Declan Rice. Now, initially, you know, back to, two seasons back there was a lot of talk about, you know, United uh, Declan Rice joining United probably. Uh, so, what I saw that season, two seasons back, was, you know, Declan Rice was probably not physically, not ready for a proper 90 minutes. Now you see him, you see him, he is he is actually, you know, he's speeding his way through 90 minutes. He's put on, like, his proper gained gained like, bodies, physical body, put some muscle on, get some... He is now, he's not only, like, he's a complete player in, in complete sense, physically carrying the ball and everything. I mean, United have to have to break the bank
0: for get him whatever it takes just get him yeah I've been saying on our normal podcast I've been hammering for this for months I think he is a perfect signing for for Manu you look at likes of big teams all have that one player that does what he does so you've got obviously Rodri and Flandinio back a day at Man City does it at Chelsea Fabinho at Liverpool someone I absolutely love um you know I think that player who can mop up possession you know when City lost in the Champions League final, um, they didn't play a, D- a DM. And if they had done, that goal from Havertz may not have happened because you, you didn't have that one player to 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 win the ball back for the team and and then sort of start the attacking move from there. So I think Deccan Rice, as well as addressing Gay, would be a great signing. Someone else, I think, somebody like someone like Wilford and Didi. I think he's also someone that I think could do the job in that position as well. But I would say I would pick Deccan Rice personally if I was if I was a manager as well. Um, right, the final segment, something we do on most podcasts um of these club specials. Um, we like to give every fan a chance to give their ideal starting eleven of a mixture of their favorite players, their best players. So it doesn't have to be necessarily all the big hitters. Like I mean, I had Daniel Agar in my team. You know, I think um it's just about which players you've you've loved or players yeah. you think are really good. So um first of all, what formation have you both chosen? Uh I personally go
2: for a four for two.
0: So you've gone 4 4 two. And how about you, Jervain? What have you gone for? I've also gone 4-4-2. Four, four, I don't know to here. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. It, it does symbolise the glory days of Manu as well, that 4-4-2 four, four, as well. Yeah, so, um, that's what
2: comes from my mind, yeah.
0: So we sometimes do it, you know, give the chance to guest guests, give the whole team, or sometimes just position by position. We'll go today position by position. Um, as you've got the same formation as well, it makes perfect sense. Uh, goalkeeper-wise, uh, Jervain, who was your goalkeeper? i've gone with that um yeah arguably uh one
1: of the arguably the greatest goalkeeper in the premier league um obviously has the record of um uh most minutes of the goal um that that ha- that happened in 08-09, i believe um one thing i liked about that was i think he he was a dominating keeper but i don't remember him being I don't, rem- I don't remember him using commanding language. He was very calm, like, I couldn't like. He he was he looked a bit timid to me, but I was mean, still <laughs> able to kind of command the back four. I, I don't know how he did that. Um, he, ever ever pointed that up one time. Like my, my night football, like it was amazing to see how
0: like quiet Bensai actually was. So out uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, I personally never saw him make a mistake, I don't think there probably has been maybe one in the past, but I don't remember ever seeing van der Sar, with the exception of maybe the mix-up with Ferdinand against Portsmouth Smith uh, years ago, that back pass, but apart from that, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen van der Sar ever saw make any mistakes from Man U, and I think he's certainly one of the best I've seen. I mean, I was too young for Peter Schmeichel, um, who obviously everyone says is, he probably is the best Premier League goalkeeper of all yeah. time. In terms yeah. of my lifetime, I would probably say van der Sar as well, because I don't think I've seen I mean, you had got players these days, like Edison, Allison, and Peter Cech back in the day. But I just, I just think I've seen someone as, as reliable as, car, as calm as Van der Sar. So I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I, can...
2: I, I, I would like to, you know, I'd like to just add something. You know, I heard Severa in an in a interview. is like, you know, uh, he was asked who his best keeper ever is. And he he answered Van der Saar. And the reason he gave for it, you know, he's like, no, keeper, when you see a defender, you know, miss passes the ball or, you know, is yeah, not yeah, covering yeah. the attacker. So keeper goes mad, you know, you need to protect him. So Evra said that Van der Saar never shouted on anybody. He's like, that's my job, guys. I am in the goal to protect the ball. That's my job. So Evra was like, he stands out for me.
0: Wow, fair play. Um, Piyush, who is your goalkeeper? And also, who is your right back?
2: Um, so I have to, I have, to. I mean, obviously, I've not seen Peters Michael. He's he's probably the greatest. But on this one, I have to go for David. I mean, he's literally man's literally carried the team. Man's literally carried the team for three, four seasons yeah. continuously back to back, back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Properly watching, you know, United, day in, day out, as watching. And even this season, I and mean, even this season, he, he's back to the standards he's producing yeah. back then. He is undoubtedly right now. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. With with what he's like, the defense he has, and uh, he he has the co- the like of covering he has in front of him, and then the performance he's putting in is absolutely phenomenal. Has to be. Is he and- is he is he the best goalkeeper in the world right now? No, no. You really. could probably argue that. You could probably argue that. I mean, I mean, he's he's back to his standards. The the saves he was producing back in 2014, 15, 16 seasons. He's he is back to those standards. And he is so good. I mean, he's actually so good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you'll put people like Edison, uh, Jan yeah, um, uh, even, yes, even Manuel Neuer at times. I think those keepers. I know Alisson as well on his day, but I personally, I personally, I'd pick, if I'd have one keeper in the world right now, I'd probably pick Jan Black personally. Um, but I wouldn't be unhappy with any of those five keepers I just mentioned. I think any of those would, would be fine. I think I'd... I could rely on them all in a big game uh, most of the time. Um, and yeah, so who's your right back, Um uh,
2: Yeah, for my right back, it has to be Gary Neville. I mean, he's, he's not, you know, he's not somebody you look at, oh, he's a star player or something, but he knew exactly what his work was. You know, putting a shift in day in, day out, linking up with David Beckham on the right-hand side. And he he was a proper player. I mean, you could have a lot of superstars like this United team have. They have, they have this United team have a great of, like, a great players. Like, they have Ronaldo, great player. They have Sancho, good player. They have Rashford. They have, like, they have Paul Pogba. They have Bruno Fernandes. But they don't have characters. To win titles, you need characters more than players. Gary Neville, proper character. Has to be there for
0: me. Yeah, I, I think he's probably one of the best right-backs in Premier League history. I think that, you know, I think the modern-day fullback that's probably not what he'd be good at these days. but I think in terms of the time he was playing in, that was he's absolutely perfect and he's best at doing it. So, yeah, I think that's a good choice. So, uh, Jervain, who is your right-back? I also went with Gary
1: Neville. Um, I actually think he'd actually do all right to good as a modern fullback and here's why i've been watching a lot of um retro united and fair enough look gary is not the electrifying right back that, that's just going to be placing up and down the pitch he wasn't like that even in his prime there were better you know electrifying fullbacks at that point with kafu um carlos um I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of others. Zanetti as well was good at around this point. Zam um, <laughs> Zambrotto as well, but I actually think he does. A, I actually think he does a trustworthy job enough at like the best teams in the world when it comes to being able to generate attacks and be good in defense. But like, there were there, there were times where I was seeing Gary Neville do like first time crosses, so and and in ang- and in angles that. Trent and on Ronald is doing now. I'm not saying that Trent is. I'm not saying that Gary was Trent. No, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> but um, Neville was never was trustworthy in that regard in terms of attack. I don't think he, I don't think he undervalued Man United because he was kind of the safe option rather than being the extravagant fullback.
0: Mm-hmm. And then. We'll do both at the same time. Um, Javane what is your centre-back partnership in your starting eleven? So,
1: I think one of them you can kind of already um, discuss who the first one is. That's Real Ferdinand. I don't even need to go into detail with the greatest centre-backs ever. Um, just he, he, had, he had a complete defender. Um Favourite memory of Rio Ferdinand has to be the goal he got against Liverpool. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's not allowed to mention. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that also coincides with the, with the Neville celebration as well. I'm not going to go too much into that. Um, my other centre-back, this is actually going to surprise Ooh, both you of you. Uh, Gabriel hates him. Oh. Ooh. I this love Gabriel. I love Gabriel Heinze. He won Player of the Season in his first year. at United. This was two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. Um, as a left back, he then moves into the centre back pairing in two thousand six, two thousand seven. He obviously loses the he obviously loses his left back spot, um, and to to Evra, And he obviously gains back the role that village had, but obviously because Hintze had left the year after Vidic comes that who comes that centre back. I actually think we looked better with Ferdinand and Heintze as a centre-back pairing than Ferdinand-Village, but we never saw the Heintze-Ferdinand pairing for that long. I actually liked Heintze because he was a scumbag. And I think in order to win the league at that time, you needed to be a scumbag. And not only was he a scumbag, he was a foreign scumbag. And you can tell in
0: kind of how he defended and how he played. So I'm going with Gabriel Heintze as my other centre-back. I actually like that pick. I like the fact that you've gone for favourite players. I mean. You Know I I put Firmino ahead of Suarez and my team purely for how much I loved how, how much I love him. I mean, I think it's the whole thing. That's why I love these 1s. That's actually very interesting. Yeah, it's just because obviously I know Suarez is a better player, but I think do check out that podcast as well. Did and you know, not get a lot of sting? Uh, no. <laughs> <Firmino>, <laughs> uh no. I think I made mean, it clear that I was picking favourite players over best players. I think Suarez would get in all day long, but um, I think that's why I like the starting elevens because everyone has different players, you know, everyone puts a shot yeah. player in there and then I think that um, yeah I, I do that's why I like players to guess on the podcast I like them all to give their favourite players as well as best so that is I'm a big fan of that um, Go back to you Pius um, what is your centre-back partnership
2: yeah, so there, the are absolutely no surprises here. It, it's it's Rio Ferdinand and Vidic. I mean,
1: yeah.
2: I mean these two, these two at a point they were probably the be best in the Europe centre back pairings. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're just unreal. I mean, this just this Robin van Persie interview jumps to my mind whenever I mention Vidic. You know, he's like Vidic puts his head where other players fear to put his uh, put their legs. Yeah. So when first he was, uh so he's moving. So
0: he's like, uh, 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 okay, okay. He, he's good. He's, these two, like, undoubtedly, no surprise. here has to be, have to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, obviously, I am, also it's no, no secret that I don't like the club, but I, I was always a big fan of watching village play. I, I do like these centre-backs, who's these sort of, that's why I like John Terry. I think I'm a big fan of his his kind, his kind of player, because I like mm-hmm. defenders who just put their all in, they sort of, um, Put their body on the line. I, I do love these sort of warrior-like centre backs. Um, but Van Dyke, I do love you as well. So that, that is um that's fine. Uh left back, uh Pius, who is your left back?
2: Left uh, back, oh, this is actually very interesting. That,
0: interesting. F- does, does, uh, your, uh, no. does your left back love this game? Can I ask? <laughs> so so this one, this one, I'll tell you
2: what, I'll tell you what, this one is actually. Uh, very interesting. I've never seen him play. I've never honestly seen him play. My pick for like back is Dennis Irwin. So it's it's just that you know when I, when I see ex players, the ex players, guys who played with him, talk about him, it's it's just unreal the way they talk about him. It's, yeah. it's that you know he's proper modern day football. Back then, modern day wing back. Back then, you know he could score penalties. He could take free kicks. He he could put in crosses. He could he could run the, down the wings all day long. And it's it's actually unreal, you know the the way I, I listen to interviews and I see stuff like that. I, the way I see X players talking about him, ha- has to be Dennis Irwin, even though I've never seen him play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably should have made this clear. The rules are of your 11th, You have to have, you have to have seen him play in your lifetime. So um, Irwin, I don't think uh, can get in your team. So
2: um, oh oh okay, then I'll probably go for I probably have to go for Patrice Evra. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the um. Ch- raw chicken, um, grass-eating, <laughs> yeah. get to the team. Um, Jervain. Oh, we, do. we do need to go in there. <laughs> well, well, you you, you mentioned um, the Rio goal, so I thought I'd... Um... <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it brought back a lot of bad memories. Um, is your left back also Evera, or have you gone for someone else, Jervain?
1: No, it's also Everett. I understood the assignment of players in our lifetime otherwise Paul Parker would have been my right back slot.
0: So, okay. Wow yeah.
1: Um but no mine is mine is Patrice Everard. Um it is it's funny because we haven't really seen ever was our left back for so long I would have loved to I would have loved I would have wondered united actually buying somebody to challenge ever's left back spot to see just just to see how just to see how that actually could have out, we didn't do that. Obviously, rightfully saw Ever was at his peak when he was a United player, um, yeah. so we didn't need to, we didn't need to do that. But ever, um, ever just just such a safe pair of hands, I think. As uh, as a left back, he was always um, he was always reliable. He was, I think he was like the first person on the team sheet. Um, in in terms of you know what player you're gonna have. Um, and, he, and, he, and he's someone that I always looked at and I always thought in my head, you
0: know what? You would actually die for the shot. Mm-hmm. So, Pritchett's ever makes my left back list. And then heading back to you, Jervain, again, um, we're now going to move over the pitch to the right-hand side. Um, who is your right midfielder? So, I wanted Beckham, but then understood <laughs> when I first watched
1: Beckham, he was a Real Madrid player, so I can't have him on here. Um yeah. I'm going with
0: Jason Park. Jason Park, yeah. Very underrated player. I'm
1: going with Jason Park. My first memory of Jason Park, believe it or not, was actually when he was at PSV. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, was yeah. During, it, was during, it was during that Champions League run where mm-hmm. they got to the semifinals. Um, they should have oh, got, yeah, the um, <laughs> got to the final, in my oh, opinion. What season? They should have got to the final, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, PSV. that was great um But, yeah, no, he... Again, like he, he was he was very good like going forward. As much as people love Jason Park for kind of the ability to uh, essentially mark out players and stuff, he was very good going forward. The problem was we just had more, I would say, dynamic players ahead of him. But he was still, pay, but he still um, was a good go to if you needed, like if you needed a goal, you needed a good performance in attack as well as the effort in defense as well so i'd go with decent work um on my right hand side
0: and how about you piush uh
2: yeah i mean what joven said you know i wanted to text him but i haven't
0: seen seen him uh, him play yeah so so
2: i'd probably probably go for on the right hand side i'd probably go for ryan kings has to be that right hand
0: side wow okay yes Yes. Oh, I, I think That's I know true. why. I think I know why you've gone on the right. Um, because you know who's on the left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we may as well go to that now. We may as well go to that now. Um, is he a current Man U player as well?
2: <laughs> Definitely.
0: <laughs> Everybody knows it. I
2: mean, come on. you will be lying to us.
0: You. So you've gone for out on the left? Yes,
2: yeah. definitely. Yeah. has to. I mean, it's just different gravy. I've, I've never seen the young Ronaldo, the Ronaldo before. I've never seen any player like that in my lifetime. I mean, obviously, I've not watched, you know, likes of Henry for a long time because I was not into football so much. Mm-hmm. But the way Ronaldo, you know, dribbling past players and stuff like that, that was, that was unreal. I've never seen any player do it with that control and that, that pace.
0: Yeah, he, he was an exceptional man. I think he just fit, even got even better at Real Madrid as well. And I think he's yeah. he, he's in the top three players of all time. I think for me it's him, Messi and Maradona. And I think you could have anyone lose three is your best of all time. Jervain, um, is your left midfielder also Ronaldo? No, it's Nani. Nani? Oh, again, he's gone for the um the nostalgia. The Nani, wow, that's... um. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I had
2: a pick between Gigs and Nanny, but yeah, uh, for what he has
0: standing.
1: Nanny is a bit it's a bit weird because he his 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 best years actually comes at a period where United are kind of on the way out as a big team. Um like I'll say like Nanny's peak is around 2010 to 2012. Mm-hmm. We're still good, but we're obviously much less better than obviously the good team but before 2010. Um, but Nani, I think, still held his own. A very underrated player, I believe. Yeah, um, very yeah, very underrated player. Um, his best performance for me was definitely the season we won our um 20th league title. Uh, no, no, not 20th, 19th, our 19th league title. Um, uh, 2010 2011, I think he was. But but besides Berbert of Rooney, he was our best player that year. Um, and you saw it just on how he played. His confidence was at supreme levels. I also just loved his energy and oh, the celebrations were just top tier as well.
0: Yeah, fair play. Fair play. Um, now, sticking with you, Jervain, obviously you've gone for 4-4-2. You've got a two midfielder partnership in the centre of the park. So what is your centre midfielder partnership in your team? It's Carrick and scores.
1: Like um we don't we don't need to go much we don't need to go much, you know, deeper into scores. We can do carrick. I think mean, Carrick was a very, very um of, I think Carrick... he wasn't world class. I don't think he was world class personally because in that era of midfielders, um there were he he was definitely a tier below just based on just based just based on the values that he kind of offered, I think Carrick as a all-round midfielder, very good, but mm-hmm. not not as good as not as good as the likes of mascarano Xabi Alonso at that time, yeah, but, at that time as well. But
2: the thing um, is, you know, Jervin, uh, again, the players we're talking here about, you know, not not like world-class top top players, but these players, these players knew exactly what their role and responsibilities were. And they attempt to absolute perfection, and that is what brought United
1: so much success. I agree, I agree with that. However, I'm not going all traffic to watch Carrot. Whereas if I'm going to Liverpool, if I'm going not if i yeah, if I'm going to Anfield, I can watch Xavi Alonso. I can watch Mascarado, their box office center midfielders, defensive midfielders. I can go Milan. I'll watch mm. so he's box office
0: no, no, yeah friends. i get your point yeah mm. right true yeah um Piyush, um is your midfield partnership similar or have you gone for anything mm. different?
2: no i have i mean obviously Paul's was my favorite player one of my favorites all time has to be there Paul goals and along with Paul's goals i have Jason Park. so
0: Ooh, in the okay. oh. Park both teams okay very interesting yeah, yeah. And, uh, Park I think Park is no secret that no sorry coincidence that he played in every big game under Ferguson pretty much exactly I mean yeah. you need
2: somebody I mean you can have the likes of you know Van Roy Berbatov Rooney Ronaldo but you need somebody behind doing the dirty work and he was so good at it my yeah. world so good
0: shout out to Henderson if we're talking about that kind of player so um... <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's no, never he's, no, he's the no greatest captain <laughs> oh great since the trophies won turns of recent year, but I think Gerald is okay, a better captain. Um, right, so strikers, um, obviously, gone for, both gone for a, a two striker partnership. Um, we'll head back to um, Gervain for your fun too. So, who have you got? I've got Rune and Ronaldo. Um,
1: Ooh,
0: there's Ronaldo. I was wondering where he was coming into the team. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
1: who did he go for uh... on the left thing?
0: Nanny. Ah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. just to say, yeah exactly okay. <laughs> I was so tempted to put Rude Van der on this list oh.
2: exactly same oh my because goodness I oh. love
1: Rude Van der and funny enough I actually did watch his last year and he was still great in his last year oh he's so good um, however however based on the based on what happened between him and Fergie around that time I'm not going to put him in here and plus I only saw him for one year as compared to Rooney and Ronaldo team. them for more. Yeah. Um Rooney I'd have as the second striker, especially as number eight Rooney, just go he's he's flying everywhere. And Ronaldo, um, obviously it's just Ronaldo, he could operate pretty much as the target man or as the kind of you know complete um complete forward as well. So I have them two, um, what a pairing they were as well. They basically played up, they basically played up front together at their peak. Um, but it was just how the formation looked. It wasn't like that. And then in the games, Bruno Ronaldo basically playing up front together.
0: Yeah, that, that's a very good team you both got here, that's a really good partnership up front as well. I and mean, them two along with Tevez, that was a really good front three you had. Brilliant mm. stuff. Um, finally, Pius, what is your front two?
2: Okay, so I'm going in for Rooney and Berbatov. These Berbatov two <laughs> <different guys. laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean Berbatov to me was, you know, the way the way he controlled the ball. Oh my God, mm. that was really good. And his movement, his movement of the ball. I mean, it's rare to find that today. His movement of the ball was unreally good. I mean, back then, obviously, you know, I did not have so much idea about football. When I when I go back to YouTube, you know, watch a few clips of his goals, the move, and he, you know, he'll, a lot of times he'll start the move in his own half where he wins the ball back, or midfielder wins the ball back. He pounces onto it. He starts the move, and then you see him scoring the goal, which mm-hmm. is just just unreally good movement. I mean, has to be that Bobatov and obviously what Jovan said, you know, I was very tempted to put in Rude Vanish. Right? He, he was unreal, but I've never seen him play. So I've just watched his clips on YouTube, yeah. but I've never seen him play. So yeah, again, so it has to be Bobatov
1: and Rumi. Fantastic. I, I, I fully wanted to put Beratov on this list because Bartov is so good. and
2: He's so good. He's so good. Touches, think... force touches and, and stuff like that. And and the way the one 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 was the the goal he set up Ronaldo for. Yeah. The amount of space that was he squeezed in near the corner. Like oh the yes, corner. I remember yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Was yeah. it against West Ham? Am I right in thinking against West Ham it was, think? yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The game. I think there are some players, you know, some players that have sort of built their career off hard work and sort of you look at people like John Walters got far because of his how much he worked. I think Bibatov was so naturally talented. I mean the way his touch and the Greek as you as you say the way he controlled the ball. He was such good natural talent. It's really I think he was someone that he was just I think he was just born to be a footballer. He he was that good naturally. Um so that is the end of the podcast. So I'm just going to remind you of both um, people's teams and sections. So for best goal uh, in their lifetimes, Pius chose Rooney's bicycle kick against Man City, whereas Gervain chose Ronaldo's free kick against Arsenal in the Champions League. Their best memories, uh, Pius went for the 5-2 win against Spurs, which was his first game watching Man U, and Gervain went for Martial's goal against Everton in the FA Cup semi in 2016. Uh, Favourite player of all time, they both chose Wayne Rooney. Uh, And then uh, in terms of their starting 11th, both chose 4-4-2. Jervain's team is as followed. He had Van der Sar in goal, Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, Gabriel Hines and Patrice Everett as a back four. His midfield four was Jason Park on the right, Nani on the left with Michael Carrick and Pulse goals in the middle with a very lethal front two of Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo. And then Piocia's team, he also had 4, four 2 he had the Ge- Gea in goal, Neville, Ferdinand, Vidic and Evra at his back four. His midfield four contained Ryan Giggs on the right, Ronaldo on the left, Jason Park and Paul Scholes in the middle, before a front two of Dimitar Berbatov and Wayne Rooney. So, first of all, thank you both for coming on for our Man United special podcast. Uh, before we do go, I'm going to give you both a chance to plug your social medias if you'd like to. Um, so we'll okay. go for you first, Pius, uh, if you get just to promote your social media.
2: Oh yeah, so my social media handle—I actually do not remember. It's—it's it's just that, <laughs> it's yeah. just that the all the names, you know, you when you when you try to put in, they're just taken. So you have to yeah. add underscore and stuff like that. So my social media is underscore spush, which is underscore s p i y u s h and double underscore.
0: Fantastic, and then Javain, what is your social media? If you'd like to plug it. Um,
1: so my social media um, so it, it would be my twelve, which is at B so
0: the letter B and then G-I-R V-A-N-E Brilliant and these will go on our, on our Twitter posts when this podcast is out we will put their social medias on the pe- post as well so do give them a follow uh, if you get the chance so yeah once again thank you for coming yeah, on thanks this for this having us mate no problem at all no problem. This, has been, this has been our Manchester United club special podcast and we'll see you next time cheers
1: is